ECO Report is a weekly public affairs program providing independent media coverage of environmental and ecological studies with a focus on local, state, and regional people, issues, and events in order to foster open discussion of human relationships with nature and the earth and to encourage you to take personal responsibility for living sustainably in the world. Eco Report is produced by an independent team of volunteers working at the studios of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana and financially supported by listeners like you. Good morning and welcome to Eco Report. For WFHB, I'm Rebecca Mueller. And I'm Jan Walker. Public Works Project Manager Christina Smith says the City of Bloomington will be collecting residents' old trash and recycling bins from October 9th through the 19th. Smith says the city will recycle the old bins as part of its transition to a new automated sanitation program, which kicked off October 2nd. Smith spoke at the Bloomington Board of Public Works' October 3rd meeting. But we wanted to um, remind the public that starting October the 9th, uh, the week of October the 9th and the week of October uh, through the 19th, on your regular trash day, if you do not want your trash containers or recycling bins, you can put them on your trash day next to your new carts and we will take care of them. The, the recyclable content material in the recycling bins will be recycled. The citizens are, are welcome to keep the recycling bins if they have a use for them, but if they do not, we've made provisions to help them in, in taking those away for them. Smith says the city will reimburse residents for pre-purchased but unused trash stickers. Any um, one a citizen that has leftover trash stickers may come to um, City Hall in the Public Works Office, Suite 120, um, and bring their um, trash stickers, and $20 and below will be refunded um, with cash. Anything over $20 will go through the controller's office claims cycle and they will receive a refund check. We will also be at the, uh, a staff representative will be at the farmer's market on October the 28th from 9 to 1 for refunds and then refunds after the 28th will all be um, in the form of a check. And we've contacted all the vendors and uh, reminded them to please bring them into the public work suite for a refund. The city has run out of 35-gallon carts, but expects to have more in stock mid-November. In the meantime, the city is distributing 64-gallon carts in place of the 35-gallon carts. The citizens who did not get a cart, we are delivering those and we are delivering them 64s because that's what we have on hand to use in the interim. In the event that the citizen wanted a 35, they will not be charged for a 64. They will be charged for a 35. And if, um, I mean, we don't want anyone to be out any extra money um, because we ran out of carts. The next meeting of the Board of Public Works is scheduled for October 17th. Indiana Attorney General Curtis Hill has joined 24 other states attempting to amend the 2015 Waters of the United States Bill. 
The waters of the U.S. bill added language to the original 1972 Clean Water Act, specifying which waterways have the right to federal protections. It was designed to help better protect and manage American waterways. According to a press release from Attorney General Hill's office, however, the bill is a, quote, job-killing law that restricts states' rights to govern their own waterways, unquote. In a letter to the EPA, the coalition of 24 Republican-controlled states encouraged the agency to eliminate the waters of the U.S. bill and return to the original guidelines of the Clean Water Act until, quote, more concise language can be adopted, end quote. The letter came shortly before President Donald Trump nominated Andrew Wheeler, a former lobbyist for the coal industry, to be the deputy administrator of the EPA. The Indiana Attorney General's office declined to comment on this story. Good morning, Eco Report listeners. This is Juliana Daly sitting in the WFHB radio station with Don Guerra, and we are here to talk to you about the importance of Eco Report and the environmental part of that. Uh, one of the reasons that I got involved with Eco Report is because I am an environmentalist. And I love the show because it reports not only local environmental news, but it also speaks to anything that's going on nationally. Then we also cover international news as well. And not too many places you can pick up on that sort of thing. I know when I, back when the um, uh, pipeline uh, situation was taking place several months ago, I couldn't find anything at all on the, on the TV. And yet we were covering it, and you got to find out what was going on with all of the pipelines that were uh, causing all kinds of problems. And also you got to hear all about the water pr problems that were taking place up in Flint, Michigan. So it is absolutely important that we get some, uh, in, some support to the radio station. You need to call 812-323-1200, or you can go online. It is so unbelievably easy wfhb.org and press that great big red button. Don, why did you get involved? Well, I've uh, this is Don Guerra. I've been involved in the sciences since I was a little boy. It was an obs early obsession with me. I was raised by science educators, and uh, I watched my immediate environment deteriorate. That was Long Island Sound, and then I watched it start to come back. And that leaves a that leaves a powerful powerful uh, thing with a, with a child. Uh, Eco-Report is critical for us because we have to stay current. There, is, there are very few outlets in this world for us to learn, especially in today's environment, to learn about the environment. We need our air. We need our water. These are critical. And, you know, when things are gone, they're gone. Look at Palmyra. A, f a handful of people decided to destroy a 3,000-year-old culture. You can call in at 812-323-1200 or go online at wfhb.org. It is easy and it is very important for you to join our family. It's very important. And l let me just, uh, a very generous match. Our news director, Wes Martin, is going to match all donations during this show. So please call in now. This is an excellent time for us to double your donation. Southern Indiana Cooperative Invasive Management and the USDA's Natural Resources Conservation Service have agreed to develop a local grassroots organization. 
They're calling it the Cooperative Invasive Species Management Areas, or CISMA. Jane Hardesty, state conservationist for Indiana USDA, says landowners with an invasive species problem can contact CISMA for help. The Southern Indiana Cooperative Invasive Management Group came to us as USDA Natural Resources Conservation Service and have entered into a contribution agreement in supporting their efforts in dealing with a very serious resource concern of invasive species, particularly brush honeysuckle and other types of species is kind of taking over our woodlots and uh, surrounding areas. Will Drews, natural resource specialist with the USDA County Soil District, says the goal of the invasive management areas is to tackle invasive species on a broad scale. Our group, the Southern Indiana uh, Cooperative Invasive Management, we're, we're kind of a regional um, invasive species management group. We've been working on trying to do uh, work with uh, invasive species locally, and they've been uh, working on invasive species management on kind of a landowner by landowner um, basis. And so now we're trying to kind of pool resources together in order to tackle the invasive species problem. To combat the problem of invasive species, the Cooperative Invasive Management plans to address local people and local resources. The four regional SISMAs are volunteer-based. So we've entered into an agreement with them, and it's exciting to see this is a group that just works with local people to work together to educate and provide information to landowners on how to deal with these invasive species. According to Drews, both organizations have historically collaborated to address the concerning encroachment of invasive species. Talked with some staff with NRCS about uh, how we could best do this and if they'd be willing to help provide some, some money for this program, and in which case they kind of came back to us about wanting us to try to expand it to the rest of the state. And so that's what we're trying to do here. Funds amounting to over $1.8 million have been pooled from both local and private sources. The USDA has dedicated over $900,000 to the five-year agreement. The new organization will raise an equal amount through grants, donations, and other contributions. The group currently offers property surveying and management plans to concerned homeowners. Hardesty says she believes that the Southern Indiana Cooperative Invasive Management Group will help landowners manage invasive species. That technical assistance is really helping promote the awareness and the control of invasive plant and actually working one-on-one with the private landowner. This could be done by our local office, or it could be a staff from this Southern Indiana Cooperative Management Group, and it's actually going out on the farm, helping to identify what the species is and developing a plan so that they know how to deal with trying to get rid of it. Eagle Report will continue tracking this effort to combat invasive species as they develop. Forty Roman Catholic groups have announced they're avoiding investments in fossil fuels and urged others to do the same. The global Catholic climate movement said the coalition represented the largest number of Catholic institutions ever to join forces for a shift 
to renewable energy. Institutions from the U.S., Australia, South Africa, and the U.K. are taking part. The Global Catholic Climate Movement observed that the, quote, joint divestment from fossil fuels is based on both their shared value of environmental protection and the financial wisdom of preparing for a carbon-neutral economy, unquote. No estimate was given of the value of the Catholic institution's fossil fuel holdings. Several said they had none, or almost none, to sell, but wanted primarily to rule out future investments and to urge others to divest. Many kinds of investors, including pension funds, sovereign wealth funds, and universities, have pulled their fossil fuel investments in light of the Paris Climate Accords of 2015. In a victory for citizen resistance, the Energy East pipeline, which was supposed to be built in Canada, is dead. The pipeline was projected to cost almost $16 billion and to be built by TransCanada, the company that wants to build the much-contested Keystone XL pipeline. TransCanada announced its abandonment of the project on October 5th. The Natural Resources Defense Council called the pipeline, quote, Keystone XL on steroids, unquote. The pipeline would have transported over a million barrels a day of mostly tar sands oil from Alberta to St. John. It would have facilitated a significant increase in carbon pollution equal to the annual emissions of as many as 54 million cars. The pipeline also would have established high carbon infrastructure that would have operated for at least 50 years. Oil Change International estimated that construction of the pipeline would have created as much as 236 million tons of carbon pollution each year over decades of operation. At a time when scientists and environmentalists agree that the world must stop burning fossil fuels in order to halt climate breakdown, U.S. taxpayers are paying $20 billion in fossil fuel subsidies each year. That's the main conclusion of a new report issued on October 3rd by Oil Change International. The report lays out a comprehensive analysis of federal and state subsidies supporting the production of oil, gas, and coal. In addition to $14.7 billion in federal subsidies and $5.8 billion through state-level incentives, the U.S. spent an average $2.5 billion annually subsidizing fossil fuel resource exploration and expansion. Government giveaways to the fossil fuel industry are seven times larger than those to the renewable energy sector. The cost to taxpayers is equal to the projected budget cuts from President Trump's proposals to gut 10 public programs and services. These cuts will have disastrous effects on the nation's most vulnerable children and families. The report also finds that during the 25 to 2016 election period, members of Congress received $350 million in campaign contributions and lobbying expenditures from the fossil fuel industry. For WFHB, I'm Jan Walker. And I'm Rebecca Mueller. If you're interested in volunteering for Eco Report or have ideas for future stories, please email the show at earth at wfhb.org. Hello, this is Don Guerra again. I'd like to, uh, first of all, start by saying contributions are tax deductible, and that's terribly important. You have to understand also that, please understand, Eco Report is 
pretty much the only environmental news you're going to get in the state of Indiana. We are very important to your knowledge and keeping you current. And I, uh, there's something that's been in my mind for a very long time, but let me just start. Once again, 812-323-1200 or wfhb.org. Walter Cronkite, great many people remember the great broadcaster. He said something very true. If the news division is dissolved and placed into the entertainment division, disaster occurs. That's up to you to, to think about, but look at what's happening lately. The news, entertainment, they have to be separate. And here at WFHB, they are separate. We are a profoundly influential music and entertainment source. But when it comes to news, and everyone is invited to, this is not biased news here. We invite a lot of people to come on the air and express their views. If they choose not to, that's their choice. But here at WFHB, we're here to educate and do the best that we can to let you know how important it is to watch out for your water and your, your air. I'd like to remind everybody that we have a very uh, generous person, uh, Wes Martin, who is going to be uh, matching gifts today. Uh, he is our news director, and uh, we would appreciate any gifts that you would like to send this way. Uh, don't forget, it's 812-323-1200, or go to our website at wfhb.org and press that great big huge red button and that says donate. One of the segments on Eco Report is a small little segment that is probably one of my favorites and it's called In Nature. And it is only two minutes long, but it gives you some good good information and it's happy news too because you get to learn about the flora and fauna that we have all around us. And each little two-minute segment is individually about one particular uh, kind of flora or fauna. And it goes into great detail so that you can learn so much about it. Um, so anyway, want to remind you, we are at wfhb.org. And you can press the button and call for our weekly community events calendar. Hike to the Yellowwoods at Brown County State Park on Friday, October 13th from 11 a.m. to noon. Take a morning hike through the Ogle Hollow Nature Preserve to see the most endangered trees in Indiana. Meet at the Rally Camp parking lot for this rugged three-fourths of a mile hike along Trail 5. Wear appropriate shoes and a hiking stick is recommended. On October 14th, a Brown County State Park guide will host an Emerald Ash Borer education session from noon to 12.45 p.m. Meet at the park office to learn about the invasive beetle and its effect on the park and across Indiana. Get up close to view the insects and their larvae. Learn what you can do to keep the species out of our parks and away from our trees. And on Monday, October 16th, from 12.30 to 4 p.m., Sycamore Land Trust is hosting a Preserve a Preserve Day. Spend your afternoon at the Sam Shine Foundation Preserve, pulling Asian bush honeysuckle and other invasive species along Bean Blossom Creek. Lunch is included. 
contact John Lawrence at 812-336-5382, extension 105, for more information and to register. This is In Nature. Rats and mice. Though mice are much smaller than rats, they are often spoken of in the same breath as dangerous nuisances who carry disease and cause untold damage. But history shows us that the rat in particular inadvertently co-evolved with human beings who created environments attractive to the rodents. Thus humans are responsible for the spread of rat populations around the world. Despite their bad reputations, rats and mice are also incredibly smart and sociable. Though it is true that problems can arise if wild mice and rats move into your home, the best way to handle this is prevention. If you're concerned about rodent overpopulation in your yard, try eliminating food sources first. Bird feeders, outdoor pet food, pet droppings, and open compost piles, especially if they contain meat. You can also use non-toxic repellents around your house foundation. And if mice or rats do turn up in your home, they can be humanely removed by setting live traps. Just make sure you check them frequently. It's also important to eliminate indoor attractants like open food containers and stacks of old newspapers. Avoid poisons and glue traps, which involve unnecessarily agonizing deaths and pose a danger to household pets and humans, particularly as poisons can be spread throughout the home before the animal dies. You've been listening to In Nature. Eco Report is brought to you in part by MPI Solar, a Bloomington business specializing in solar hot water, solar e electricity, and solar hot air systems. MPI Solar designs and installs solar power generation systems that encourage independence and individual responsibility. Found locally at 812-334-4003 and on the web at mpisolarenergy.com. This week's news stories were written by Linda Green, Norm Holy, Sarah Vaughn, Alex Davis, and Jonah Chester. Rebecca Mueller and Sarah Vaughn edited the script. Juliana Daly compiled our events calendar. Our engineer is Kirsten Payton. Producer is Rebecca Mueller. Executive producer is Wes Martin. And for WFHB, I'm Jan Walker. And I'm Rebecca Mueller. Join us on Thursdays at 11.30 a.m. before Democracy Now! and on Fridays at 5 p.m. before Kite Line for our weekly radio rundown of ecological news. Until then, Eco Report encourages you to take direct action to defend the Earth. You've been listening to the Eco Report, a volunteer powered production of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana. Available for download and podcast at news.wfhb.org. Eco Report is your independent, ecologically inspired news source for South Central Indiana, bringing you news that the earth wants you to hear. Send your comments, suggestions, and story ideas directly to the Eco Report staff. The email address is earth at wfhb.org. That's earth at wfhb.org.
Thank you so much for listening to Eco Report. And I can understand your fascination with the environment and all that we try and bring to you. But now it's time to pick up your phone, go to your computer, go next door to your neighbor's computer, whatever it takes, and make a contribution. You know, sustaining memberships are very good for our station. If you call in and make it beginning at $5 up to whatever you choose per month, it'll automatically and safely be deducted from your account, and you will be a member of our family. If you are a current sustaining member, please call in or come and visit. By the way, you're always invited to come and visit. This is community radio. Um, Call in so that we can verify your current sustaining membership or start your new one and make sure all our ducks are in a row. And also, we're just very happy to meet you. We do have some interesting gifts. And uh, thank you so much for listening to the show. Being involved in the environment, I mean, just open your eyes. Just listen to the radio. Look at what's happening everywhere. Things are on fire. Things are being blown away. Things are being flattened. We're not insects. We have evolved further than that. We're not dinosaurs either, but look at what happened to them. How many times do you see a dinosaur walking around? The environment can crush us. We have to be aware of it, and we have to be good, so please call 812-323-1200, wfhb.org, sustaining membership, and please, please remember, we have a very generous matching goal right now, and our goal, we'd like to meet our goal of $2,000 during this show. This is Don Guerra, and now here's Juliana Dean. He's right. We do have a wonderful matching uh, gift program um, pro- uh, proposal from uh, Wes Martin. He is uh, planning on matching your gifts. If you give us $10, then it becomes $20. And if you give us $20, then it becomes $40. So anyway, I just think um, that is a really attractive um, thing that he is offering for everyone. I am a donor, and I support the radio station, and I get to de- deduct it from my taxes every year, and it is uh, something that um, I feel very proud of, and I enjoy supporting something that has to do with the environment. And Don's right. I mean, just look around you. The, the news over the last uh, month has just been absolutely horrendous and devastating totally devastating things that have been happening to the environment and the fires that are taking place right now out west. Um, those people um, are just uh, suffering something terrible. And you can't deny that things are quite different from what they used to be. I grew up in the 50s, and the, the world is quite, uh, the environment is quite a different place than what I remember, and it is kind of frightening to me. So anyway, don't forget... or you can go online to wfhb.org and press that big red button. It's easier than ordering a pizza. You know, we have another point that we've been trying to make during all of the pitches. There are a group of us that are passive listeners. Radio seems to be free. We turn it on, we listen, and that's it. But we want to encourage you to become an active listener. To become an active listener, you participate in the station, and in that way, you can be a volunteer, or you can make a uh, contribution to the station. And it's terribly important to call in, 812-323-1200 or wfhb.org. As I was trying to say before, I grew up near a huge body of water, 
that became polluted. Everything in it was dying. The city, the government, the people who who boated, they cut back, they did their best, they dredged, and they cleaned it up. It can happen. We can save our environment. But the first step to saving our environment for ourselves and for future generations is understanding that there is a problem. So please continue to listen to Eco Report. We're proud to bring it to you. And we're proud of WFHB for giving us the opportunity to do this. When you listen to WFHB, you're not just using your ears. You're looking in the mirror. We are you. This is a very environmentally conscious part of the country. This is South Central Indiana. We love being in the woods. We love the environment. And we love for you to call in. Please be part of our world. Thank you so much for listening to us today. We hope we will hear from you soon.